Get to the church, blind! Get to the church, blind! Go! Now! I'm Pete Mitchell, and he's Peyton Jones, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planning, the companion podcast for the Church Planner Podcast and Church Planner Magazine. Each week, we'll bring you interviews from planners who are in the trenches making it happen right now. These active church planners bear it all, share their successes, their failures, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were first starting out. Listen in to discover how God is working in their church plan. Hey, welcome to Hardcore Church Planning. This is Peyton Jones, and I am here in the happiest place on earth with Pete Mitchell. But he's not here right now because... He is the unhappiest man in the happiest place on earth. And we're conducting an interview here with Brad, and I'm not even going to attempt his last name because, uh, well, Brad, tell him your last name. Duplishan. Duplishan. And I can say it now, but here's the deal. Brad actually works for a design firm called Ordinary Joe. So, oh, Plain Joe. Sorry, I got it wrong. Oh, well, there you go. So Plain Joe Studios, and they help churches strategize uh, through their architectural design and their purpose and what they're going to do, help define what their brand is, not just their logo. And so Brad is going to talk a little bit about what he does, because I probably just totally got that wrong. But we're in Disneyland because his studio actually has a part and has worked with Disney before, but likes to take people through tours to show design concepts about how things were designed with purpose so that churches can learn from that and implement that into what they're trying to communicate. Much like the Old Testament temple, uh, God being way ahead of his time made a building called the temple. And in that there was an architectural design meant to communicate spiritual truth. And so what Brad and his company do, they translate that into modern times and they attempt to tell a story. And I'm going to have him talk about that because you're probably wondering right now, what does that mean, Brad? Yeah, so basically what that means is that every church uh, or organization has a unique thumbprint where, you know, we all know that the main goal of a church is to get people into a relationship with Jesus. But at the same time, the way they do that, the way they execute it is unique. Every church has a unique thumbprint, and we believe that. And, uh, and just like people and a thumbprint, every church operates differently, uh, although pretty similar. But, but things are you know unique in every place. Every community is different. Every pastor is different. Every leadership team is different. And that makes them unique. And so the way they execute that you know, invariably will be different. Awesome. Well, you've been talking a lot today about telling a story um, through the church. When people come to the church, like, first off, um, first thing I want to hear you talk about is you were talking earlier uh, when we were on this tour, and it's pretty cool. Like, we've been doing this tour. We've, we've been, you've been talking about the design of Main Street, how the buildings are were built bigger at one end than the other. I mean, you've, you've been blowing our minds with all these cool kinds of things where the way that they manage crowds, why certain things are on a hill. I mean, it's it's been pretty cool. And it's really an eye-opener, stuff that I've never even thought about before. But But you were talking earlier about the fact that a lot of churches don't understand what branding is and that they they assume that their logo is their brand. I just wonder if you could kind of clarify, because I think that's that's really important for a church plant, particularly a church planner who's starting off. He has to ask those questions that you often pose to churches when you're consulting with them. So 
what I think the mistake people make uh, out of the gate is that they're worried about a few things that I don't think are going to really break or make them. Uh, one is they, they're worried about a name. Uh, and I, I tell people all the time the, the name of the name of a thing, an organization or a ministry or whatever, a lot of times it's like naming your kid because the baby comes out, it has no name, you've, you've come up with a name that you like and within you know, a week or two, you can't imagine the baby having any other name. And so the, you know, the, the, the name a lot of times doesn't matter uh, to people for the most part, except that it becomes a part of your story. So that, 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 that's the, the goal, hopefully, is that you're stringing that name into the story of the church, the idea of the church, the, the heart behind why you do what you do. Uh, but just like with your kid, your kid's name has a meaning, but on certain levels, it, it just is, it becomes a part of the organization. It becomes a part of the church and the story becomes background. And I think a lot of times, especially with adult ministry uh, and the way we treat adults with theming spaces and things like that, uh, the, the name is, is secondary and the story becomes a little less overt than you would do with a kid's space. Whereas if you're designing a kid's space or a kid's ministry, that name is very important because it's, a, it's an identifier. You can be a little bit more upfront with that story, whether it's, you know, you're being explorers for, or you're being adventurers or you're doing some sort of time travel or space thing. You can be a little more overt with those storylines. What, what you really got me thinking about today, because a lot of our, you know, like, let's say you're, you're working with a mega church and you work with churches of all shapes and sizes. So you're not just working with big mega churches that have millions of dollars and can have a huge budget. But what you've actually uh, laid out to me today is that, look, what, what, what we're trying to help people understand is what is your church? And every church planner has to ask that question. Like, why am I here? What am I trying to do? Why am I planting this church? What is it this community needs? And um, you mentioned earlier in talking about the difference between a brand and a logo. You mentioned Starbucks, and I thought that was a powerful analogy. I was just wondering if you could share that. Yeah, it's the, it really comes down to the idea that your logo, that, that designed element that you have that goes on your business cards and your letterhead and it's on your screen on the weekend, that that logo is not your brand. Your brand is really the emotional response that people have when your name is said. Sort of like a, you know, meeting a person for the first time, you have an idea of their personality after just a few minutes. Uh, your brand is the same way. Uh, you know, the icon is a part of you, but it's just a part. Your, your brand is really the emotional response people have walking away from a meeting with you, whether that's online, whether that's in your foyer or in your service. In the same way that if I mention Starbucks, you don't think about the Green Mermaid when Starbucks name is mentioned. You smell the coffee, you can see the woods, the natural tones, the way they design, uh, that sort of thing. That's that's what comes to mind. Just like you, when I say Apple, you don't think about the the fruit logo. You you think about the glass and the metal and the sleek design and the feel you get from those products and those those spaces, the Apple stores, things like that. That's what comes to your mind, not the, not the logo itself. So your logo, the church logo, is, is not your brand. Your brand is the personality of the church, which comes from everything from values to the personality of the leadership team, and all of those things play into that. What I found fascinating about that observation is that a lot of church planners today, they think if they just get a website, uh, a logo, 
and a building that, you know, they're done, man. That's church plan. That's what you do. And then you start a church service. And, and I really think if we took those three things away from church planners, what you're asking them remains. It is the most important question. You can take all those three things, and that's what I'm fascinated about, about what you do. You're, although you're involved with architectural design of buildings, you're asking the deeper question. If, if all that stuff was stripped away, it's still the heart of who are you. And I love the fact that, you know, the Apostle Paul planted churches without logos, websites, and buildings. And it's not wrong to use those things. But if a church planner thinks once he has those, like we're done, we're, 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 we're there, then he's blowing it. Because what you're bringing up is, you know, who are you? Like, what is that feeling that you want people to walk away with at the end of being in your church plant? And by the way, guys, we are walking down Main Street. This is actually, we've done car casts before. I don't know what you call this, but this is like this is like a pedestrian podcast. We're walking down Main Street. So if you're hearing a bunch of noises in the background, it's because we're walking. I've never done this before, but we're on a tour that's pretty packed out with this guy. So uh, it's not just me here. So he's gracious enough as we're walking from one park to the next to do this. And hey, you know, we're always willing to try new things. That's part of the church planner spirit. So you're going to hear some singing here. It's not very good singing, but uh, it's the Dapper Dan's. The Dapper Dan's, man. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on pause. I'm not going to subject you to that. Hold on. Okay, we are back. And uh, so we were just talking about the fact that, you know, you go to Starbucks, you get a feeling, and uh, you really get, you know, that's what they're selling for $4 a cup. They're not selling a cup of coffee. They're, they're selling atmosphere and experience. And that, as you pointed out, is your branding. So when we're talking about your church. Like for us in Long Beach, we're called Refuge, and anyone who goes there, it doesn't matter if you're a tr- uh, cross-dressing prostitute, doesn't matter if you're a, a homeless guy, you're going to find refuge in that church. And you walk in and you feel that. You feel the sense, God is our refuge, and his presence can be almost palpable at times. And part, part of that is just you know sharing in God's heart and his mission. And I have this crazy theory that the more you're on mission, the more the Spirit of God fills that void anyways. Uh, it's created by faith and, and leaps of faith and taking risk. But uh, I want to ask you the million-dollar question. What is that feeling? What is that, that whole experience then that a church and every church should have and every church planner ought to be thinking about when he plants a church? That's a loaded question. <laughs> what, should, what should every church, what's the feeling that every church should give people? And I don't know that there's an... There's a single answer. Like I said, I think every church on a certain level, not well, not a certain level, but at, the, at a base level, every church is trying to get people down the road to a relationship with Jesus. But, uh, you know, I think there's this misconception among churches that there has to be a level of production. And I think we sometimes mistake uh, excellence for doing church well. While excellence plays a part in it, I, th- I think really what people are looking for, and like you said, this is sort of my soapbox a little bit, uh, is that people are looking for a place where where something they're looking for something different than what they have. They they we have a, a world full of self help and uh, you know Oprahs and and things like that, and and I think when when people's lives are falling apart, they want to find a place that can help them, and the church, you know. By, by Jesus's design is the, the place where that can happen, where they can find community, they can find salvation, 
Uh, they can find help. There's there's life there, people to people. You know, it's it's sort of the Acts Church, and so uh, you know, I I think we can often confuse the show with with church, and it, those are two di- two very different things, in my opinion. Yep. Awesome. And uh, you were saying about millennials earlier, and what what they're looking for when they go to church, and that oftentimes what churches are trying to do, it seems like, to try to reach the younger demographic is to try to be the cool church. And uh, you got some opinions about that. <laughs> I, I do. But, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes from even my own history and, and church and, and being a part of different kinds of churches. I've, I've been a part of different kinds of churches growing up and through my adulthood. And, um, you know, I, I think when it when all is said and done, you want to you want to be in a place where where you can find God uh, and, and it can be real. And I think that, uh, I don't know, man, I think sometimes we just confuse that. Absolutely. And I think that's where the church planner really gets to shine is the idea that he's not going to be the fanciest show in town. He's not going to have the hippest, coolest worship band, most likely. He's not going to have the light show. He's not going to have the pyrotechnics or the, or the dancing little people. What he's going to have is the ability to be genuine and to be real and to laugh at himself and not try to put on a show. And I think that when that's the goal, the goal is for people to experience God and and not to manufacture it because you can't manufacture God's presence. Ironically, that's the one thing that you cannot manufacture, the one thing that we ought to be going to church for. And uh, I should have an article coming out in Leadership Journal this month, or at least for the summer. And and I just point out that, you know, it, 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 it's almost possible to say that in many cases, the one place where you may not experience God is uh, in church on a Sunday morning. And um, I was sitting down next to a, a woman this past Sunday uh, at the church that I'm with, Generation Church. And, uh, you know, we, we do discussions now in the church and uh, kind of like more of a, a church zero uh, style there. And what, what happened was um, the question was, how do you know that something's of God? And, you know, she answered the question according to her own experience. She's brand new. Her husband and she have just started following God. But she said, you know, I've never cracked the Bible yet. And, and I got this sense that there was this awe and respect for the Bible. There was this reverence coming from her. And she said, but I'm hearing God. I'm hearing God in people. I'm hearing God, and I've never heard God before. I hear God when I go to the ocean. And she pointed at the preacher and said, I hear God here. She goes, that's a miracle. I'm hearing God in in church. I've never heard God in church before. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what an indictment of the church that someone could could say I've never heard God in church before. You know, and I I don't know, man. I just think that I think people are looking for real they're looking for real things. They're not looking for shows anymore because there are, there are enough shows out there. You can, you know, we, you can go watch Justin Timberlake for a good show. And I think, that, you know, that's, that's the good thing about being a church planner is maybe it's encouraging to hear you don't have to have a show. That's not what they need anyway. It's not what they're looking for. And if you can provide, you know, if you can just provide the thing that God is asking you to provide, that's enough. You know, and it's, it's Jesus is enough more than, more than any of that stuff. You know, Christ is enough for that. And I think sometimes we, it's easy uh, you know, I don't want to, I'm not trying to put anything on anyone, but I, it's easy sometimes to lean on excellence and lights and audio and, and, you know, use some of those excuses that we use in church, 
you know, instead of stepping back sometime and, and, and bringing a, a timely God breathed message to people to change lives in, in a real way. And not that we do it. It's the, you know, it's, it's God through the power of the Holy spirit, convicting people and moving on people's hearts. And, and, and you don't need lights for that. All you need is Jesus. And you know, what's coming in is, is what, what you're putting in is coming out. And so, you know, you have the benefit of you have all the power you need. You don't you don't need any of the other stuff. It's so refreshing to hear that. And what's really cool about you, man, is it, it reminds me of kind of like where Jesus says, you know, a, a scribe who is versed in the things of the kingdom is like a man coming out of the storehouse, bringing forth treasures old and new. And you're kind of like this old school guy with these very kind of cutting edge ideas of pop culture. And like I said, going back to, uh, you know, in, in, in modern design and architecture, and I find that a powerful combination. And, you know, I always joke about how God was way ahead of his time in the Old Testament with the temple. And you and I were talking earlier, you know, I was blown away a couple years ago. I was reading Leviticus. And uh, anyone who listens to the show knows I'm a big fan of Leviticus, the book everyone else hates, but I, I dig it. But, uh, you know, the design of the temple, that there were those cords woven together. It wasn't three separate color threads. If you read the text, it's three separate colors of cords woven together, red, blue, and purple. And as a firefighter, as an RN, uh, you know, that was something that, I, man, I've, unfortunately, I've seen people's blood vessels way too much. And, uh, you know, th- those are the three colors, man, of our blood vessels. And then the tabernacle, he came and tabernacled amongst us. So there was this building meant to communicate spiritual truth and meant to communicate things about the gospel, and in particular, it was Jesus. See, the, the whole thing was covered with skins, and there were these cords sewn together, red, blue, and, uh, and purple. So it looked like oxygenated blood, unoxygenated blood vessels, and mixed uh, oxygenated blood vessels to make something that looked a bit like a human body. And, and, and so I think if we look, even God himself was doing this in the Old Testament, and that's your ministry. And I just, you know, tell us, you know, I, we're running out of time, but tell us a cool story about one of the ways in which you came in, you had to look at their purpose, what are you here for, what's God calling you to do, and where you could actually translate that into something, taking people through that church, through the doors of that church, on a journey to hear the story that God was trying to tell on a Sunday morning. I don't know that I have a specific story, but but I can speak to the mentality that we operate under, and, and that's that, you know, it goes back to the story like we talked about earlier, and that every church is unique, every every part of the body has its own story, and so part of our responsibility as a studio and, and what we do every day, um, you know, we've talked a lot about ministry and 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 the way that should operate, but every church is unique, and so our job, we feel like, is to help come in, help pull that information out, help articulate it in a way that can be executable, you know, where we ask the questions and and hopefully we get to a place where we can say, here is what we're about and here's what we're doing and here's how we're going to get there and and here's the measuring stick for us. Here's how we know if we're achieving that. And so then your your ministry decisions are made that way and not based on what's cool or hip or any of that sort of stuff. So so for us, we're we're hoping that we talked about the personality of a church, that at the end of the road, the the encounter that a person has with a church, uh, whether that's online, through their branding, through uh, an invite for an Easter, or in the foyer, or in the sanctuary, that those, that, that that personality is consistent. And so that 
when someone meets a church for the first time, the second time, the third time, it's the same thing. It's the it's it's a consistent message, voice, story that you're trying to tell because for us we feel like if we can do our jobs as a studio and help churches tell their story well and start to bring down some of the barriers of people being confused, they don't know how to they don't know their way around, they're not really sure what they're getting into, where do I check my kids in at? Where do I, you know, where's the restroom? Some of those practical things, those are some of the problems as a studio we're trying to solve. And we feel like if we can solve those problems, then we start to bring down those barriers so that when the people are in the building, when the people are encountering your greeters and your ushers and your staff and they're hearing the message and they're, they're, they're participating hopefully with the worship team, that, that the walls aren't as high and that, uh, and hopefully, you know, God is able to more easily move on their hearts. Not that Jesus needs us to do anything, not that, you know, <laughs> we're that important to his story. God, God allows us to be a part of it, but we want, you know, we want to honor the gifts we've been given and help churches tell their story well, make, make things easier for people to connect with the life-changing message of the gospel, because that's the most important thing in all of the things that we do, is, is to try to get that, no matter what the story of the church is, the story of the cross is more important. Dude, that's awesome. And uh, I want to thank you, Brad. No problem. Duplishan. Brad Duplishan. I can say it by the end of the show. That's a hot name, man. That's, that's a big moniker to carry around. That's like, that's like a heavy burden. I am Brad, son of Duplichan. You know? What was your dad's name? Ray. Ray Duplichan. Raymond Duplichan. What was his middle No, just Ray. Ray Allen. Too big of a last name. No middle name. No, no, uh, no, no, no longer first name. Ray Allen Duplichan. That's awesome. That just sounds awesome, dude. So, hey, uh, thanks for coming on, Brad. It's been awesome having you. This has been the Hardcore Church Planning Podcast. And this has been Peyton Jones minus Pete Mitchell because he's towing his baby around. And he hates the sun, baby. He melts. He's like a popsicle. So, anyways, thanks for joining us today. And Arnold's going to sing us out. Remember, if you are called to church planting, go hardcore or go home. You've been listening to Hardcore Church Planting. Hardcore Church Planting has been brought to you by the Church Planner Podcast and the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the App Store for both Apple and Android devices. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review. If you didn't like this episode, we'll be happy to give you your money back.